Blog Talk Radio. And I Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This podcast is made possible by Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today our guest is Patty Mabry Romero from New Mexico. She's going to be talking with us today about her HD journey and the journey that her son has had with JHD. And um, we're going to just jump right into questions. Patty, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So let's start off. Um, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and how HD has affected you. Well, um, my name is Patty, and um, um, I was born and raised in um, New Mexico. Um, married my husband in 1986, and um, spent 20 years in the Navy with him, traveling, and we had our two kids, um, Brian, and. Um, Angela, and um, my husband was diagnosed with Huntington's in 2001 when he was 35 years old, and sadly that pretty much ended his Navy career, though he was able to retire, thank God, and um, we moved back to New Mexico, and um, shortly after um, we moved back, um, we had to put him in a nursing home because it got really hard taking care of him at home. Um, just the um, aggressiveness, him wandering off. And um, so he spent about six years living in a nursing home. Meanwhile, during that time, our son Brian um, was diagnosed with juvenile Huntington's at the age of uh, 21 is when we got his diagnosis. Uh, a few years after that, Angela got tested and thank God she was negative. So how that impacted our lives was it was pretty hard taking care of um, both of them at home because we eventually ended up bringing um, my husband back from the nursing home um, just because the care wasn't wasn't that great. So he was with us at home about a year before he passed away in June of 2015. And then, um, as Brian progressed, we did have, he we did try him in a couple of group homes out here, but um, more than anything, Brian was getting really abused at these homes. So uh, Angela and I decided that we needed to bring him home also, and brought him home. And in about 2017, Brian Brian started having behavior and aggression problems where he was really lashing out at everyone that was around, didn't matter who it was, grandma, grandpa, me, Angela, anybody that was around. 
So um, things got really scary when we couldn't even get in the vehicle to drive anywhere because he would always threaten to jump out of the car. So at that time, I did have to contact um, the University of New Mexico Psychiatric Hospital where they took Brian in and like anyone, you know, it's not their problem. They don't want to deal with it. You know, meanwhile, I'm trying to tell them my son's not crazy. He's sick. He's got juvenile Huntington's. And after a three-day stay, they called me and said, nope, he's fine. Come pick him up. He's okay. And I said, nope, I can't can't do that. You're his medical staff, and you need to help us. Angela and I figure out what to do. So at that time, which I think Angela did more than the social workers at the hospital, but um, we were able to find Brian a bed in Lakewood, New Jersey, at Leisure Chateau Rehabilitation. So Brian has been there now about two and a half years. Um, it's been really hard because um, if you know your geography, Brian's about 2,000 miles away from Angela and I. Um, he's had a couple scary incidences this past couple months with pneumonia where the last minute we have to jump on a plane and fly to New Jersey, which, you know, as most of us don't have a lot of money. It's a financial issue, and um, but at the end of the day, you do what you have to do. So. Um, that's pretty much um, what's gone on so far with us. Yeah, I know that um, it's so interesting that you mentioned that he um, threatened to jump out of the car because we dealt with that with dad as well, um, you know, and it's scary to go through that. It's and it's so hard scary. to have to deal with with uh, the aggressive side and, the, you know, having to, involuntarily commit and try to get doctors to listen because you're right a lot of times they don't a lot of times they say no they're fine or they're not they don't listen to what we're saying about the psychiatric side of the disease so I'm so sorry that you've had to go through that especially you're talking about having to deal with it with both your husband and your son and so talk about about that a little bit like what's it like to have to care for both like that is I I mean, I know it's overwhelming with one. So how much harder is it to take, to take care of your husband and your son at the same time? Well, I think for me and, and for Angela, what was hard about it was that um, their dad was um, obviously at a, at a different um, stage of Huntington's. Um, he was pretty much towards the end of it when he came back home, whereas Brian was just um, starting um, – so um, pretty much my husband was bedbound, you know, um, couldn't walk, couldn't talk, couldn't feed himself, couldn't go to the bathroom. So um, I could be there, you know, changing him. And um, Brian would be standing at the doorway just screaming at me because he wanted a cigarette. He wanted it now. Um, there was no no waiting for Brian if he wanted something, he wanted it right then and there. Didn't really care what you were doing. And um, so it, it made it um, it made it really hard. And just I think also what made it hard for Brian was seeing and knowing that this is going to be me. And I've always had a lot of issues with Brian in that sense. Um, because he would say, when he would get in these rages, he would say such horrible things to me, like, it's your fault, 
even though I wasn't the one that passed on the Huntington's to him, it was still my fault because I had him. So he would say just really mean, mean, mean things. Um, And I think he was probably more aggressive than my husband was. He would say things to me like, I would rather be euthanized like a dog than end up like my dad. And to me, you know, that was really hard. Um, And thank God I had the support of my daughter because she would say, Mom, it's not Brian. That's the disease talking because my kids were never, you know, they were brought up the same. And I do believe that it it was a disease, but you can't help to take, sometimes you take a little bit of it personal. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and it was very scary. hard. And, and, and I think I sometimes I felt like, oh, my God, but then I see other families with, you know, a spouse and two or three or four kids all at one time. You think you have it bad, oh, yeah. and, then, and then you see a family like that. Well, I think it's just, you know, different. Um, We all deal with different situations, but, you know, it's hard. um, Like you said, it's really hard not to take it personally when when somebody's yelling at you. And even, you know, me with my dad, um, (laughs) I'm always, I've always told my mom, like, don't take it personal. It's the disease. And I remember the first time that my dad looked at me and he said, are you proud of yourself? Because you got me. committed you know and he blamed me and it was tough it was really tough yeah yes um we we went through that a little bit with with her dad when he came home you know his his famous thing was he'd call us both the b word and you know she'd tell him dad i'm your daughter you can't talk to me that way and then he'd just look at her like oops (laughs) it's like it's like they just lose control of of, of everything, and um, you know, um, my husband was the most loving, caring um, husband, father. Um, when he was in the Navy, he was like everybody's go-to person. Always had the younger sailors at at knocking at my door. Is chief here? Is chief here? You know, for the smallest things like, can you help me tie my tie or you know, he was just a, such an easygoing person, and then, and then it was, it, it did. It felt like in a blink of an eye, everything changed. You know, um, mm-hmm. Brian had all these goals of, you know, he wanted to go to culinary school, and, and then again, it was like, you know, the rug was pulled out again. Yeah. Just so you unfair. mentioned that sometimes. Uh, that he, you know, he would say that he didn't want to end up like his dad, and obviously there's that fear of ending up yeah. like his dad. Did he ever talk about that um, outside of being angry, just in general, like his fear of, of turning out like his dad? Um, yeah, he did talk about it. Um, it was um, mo- mostly when he would get when he would get angry. You know, he would. Um, just come out with those those things, but I think mo- mainly if we were having a, a good day or whatever, he didn't really talk about it. But um, it was more when he would get angry, angry for not being able to do the things that he 
could always do before, you know, when he couldn't hold things in his hands or he'd get really angry and then that's when all that stuff would come out, you know, about, you know, I don't want to be like dad and or end up like my dad and and then, you know, sometimes he would question, he's like, well, how come I got it and my sister didn't get it, which then in turn made things hard for her. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it's, it's, it's hard because um, it's just like, you know, like in so many families, it's just, you want it to end in the family. And like currently right now, besides Brian, we have two other me- people in our family that have already been tested positive for it. Not, you know, cousin, a cousin, two cousins, I guess, of Brian's. And um, are they near his age or are they older? Um, one of them, one of them is younger. One of them's probably in his early twenties. And then the other one's probably in his late, um, late fifties. Wow. And then there's lots of others that have not been tested. Right. So, well, and and it's um, hard with them because one of them, oh, go ahead. No, no, what what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say um, one of them that lives in, um, you know, Phoenix, um, after he did tell me that he had been diagnosed because he said, well, I was good to go because I was past 30. And I said, I said, you know, there's, there's really not an age. I said, there's, right. I know in our clinic we have a kid that's maybe five now with juvenile Huntington's and um it makes me sad because his wife we were having a conversation and his wife came up and said um we don't talk about that <laughs> mm. and i just shut my mouth and thought to myself lady one day you're going to need to talk about it right and i just yeah. left it at that mm, yeah wow um so you recently had to make the decision to send Brian to a facility out of state. What was the reason behind that? Was it that your facilities refused to give care? Were you looking specifically for a facility that had experience with Huntington's? Well, I know for a fact all the the local ones, which to me local is about 45 miles away in Albuquerque, um, they when my husband was at one of the facilities, I would go in there and do some training and education with the staff um, on Huntington's, um, pretty much the you know basic things, um, um, speech, swallowing, their movements, how to use the Broda chair, um, different things like that. And um, so other than um, like what Angela and I would go in there and and train them on these little things. You know, it's trying to explain to them that um, um, Huntington's is like having, you know, Parkinson's and ALS and all these things at one time, which they do have, you know, their regular um, patients in there that have like Alzheimer's or dementia or things like that. I said, this one just happens to be everything in one. (laughs) Um, But they were pretty, um, they were pretty interested in learning about it and dealing with them 
with him. Um, if they had questions, you know, they they were good about asking me questions. And from there, I actually went to other facilities in Albuquerque and did some training, went to a couple of group homes and did training on it <clears throat> for them. Um, with Brian, the thing was, is at, at the time when Brian was here, Brian was still very mobile. Brian could chase you through the house in no time at all. Brian could take off in your car in no time at all. And Brian was very aggressive. So that was a big part of some of the facilities that we have here not taking Brian. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason that they do at Leisure Chateau is because they are trained more to deal with people with HD or JHD. And the facility he's at, you were telling me um, they have a, mm -hmm. a unit specifically for Huntington's, right? It's called the Florida unit? Yes, it's called the Florida unit, and I think they have somewhere between 70 and 75 beds on that unit specifically for people with HD and JHD, and um, it, um, it, it varies in, in age and stages. So how did you go about... Uh, finding them and I mean did you just ask around in the community or did you get referrals from doctors I actually think that knew about this facility through her connections with HDSA mm -hmm. and um, and then I think right around the same time um, the social worker from the University of New Mexico Psychiatric Hospital had called Angela. They kind of like came to it together because they were both working on it. But I think that um, Angela did find it through um, someone through HDSA. How has the transition been for for you and for Brian emotionally? I mean, you said it was hard, obviously, because of how far away he is, but um, emotionally, you know, has, has it been a hard transition? In the beginning, it was really hard. It was really hard um, just going and leaving him there, not, not knowing, but um, I've been there a couple times, and um, actually a few times now, and Angela's been there. Um, some other family members have been there at different times, and I know that right now that's the best place for Brian. Brian's getting a really good care where he's at. I haven't had um, any issues with staff. Um, you know what? Um, again, the hardest thing is it's be. car and, and and be there you know um flying is very expensive especially when you have to do it last last minute it's not just you know the the flight it's the hotel it's the rental it's buying food you know it's it's all of that so it, it gets to be very expensive for families that have to do that sort of thing and I know there's a lot there's a lot of people at Leisure Chateau that are not from New Jersey I know of one that was from California and um, other different um, states. So people that they are there, I'm just wishing that 
every state could have a facility um, for people with Huntington's. Also, um, I've gone to the Roundhouse in Santa Fe to speak speak at the, our Roundhouses, the, the legislative people in Santa Fe, to talk about this. You know that we do need facilities for our younger younger people, not just that have juvenile Huntington's, but maybe they were in an accident or um, maybe they need rehabilitation of some sort um, because I, I don't know how I would feel being in my teens, 20s, 30s, going to live in a full-fledged nursing home with no eyes. So I probably wouldn't like it. And I would think that that states really need to work harder on getting facilities, you know, or at least just closer, even if there was one in Colorado or Arizona or Texas, if they couldn't do it in New Mexico. Um, but but it's been hard. It's been hard. I look forward to Brian calling me every day. And, and uh, let me tell you, if I don't answer, he'll call me 20, 30 times <laughs> until I do answer. <laughs> Is he enjoying? Yeah, and, and this, does he like the staff and uh, and oh, the other oh, yeah. people oh, there? Yeah. Everybody knows Brian, and um, Brian is um, <laughs> Brian's main thing is um, his activity there is bingo. He um, he loves his bingo, and usually when they win, he gets the little smarty candies or they do some kind of a candy, and it's kosher candy because it's a kosher facility, <laughs> and. Um, he was he was really concerned at first when we dropped him off because he just looked at me and his sister and said, there's a lot of rabbis here. <laughs> <laughs> and the admin lady looked at him and she's like, Brian, this is a kosher facility. And um, he looked really puzzled and turned and looked at me and said, but I'm Catholic. That's a sin. <laughs> so, so Brian, Brian's still Brian's still Brian. Brian's a, you know, he he tries to be a, a comedian now and then. Scared me a couple times with pneumonia. Um, his big thing was when I came home in July after visiting with him. He called me right up and he says, "Mom, have you heard of Grubhub?" I said, "Oh yeah, I think I've seen it on TV. Of course, we don't utilize it out here where we live because it's in the middle of nowhere." <laughs> But I say, yeah, Brian, I've heard of it. He's like, okay, well, you need to put that app on your phone and then order Taco Bell for me. (laughs) (laughs) So the Taco Bell people or the Grovo people are really familiar with Brian. And um, week. That's really um, smart. Whatever he wants on Grubhub. Yeah. To have food delivered to him with um, Grubhub or DoorDash or whatever. That's awesome. Oh yeah, and he he loves his White Castle burgers, and um, there's some certain things that he likes, mainly Taco Bell and, and White Castle burgers. But um, you know, it's 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 good for them to have that a little bit since they don't get to do many outings during the winter and stuff. But he has gone to um, a base to the movies. They've taken him to the mall, so he does get to. Do- um, activities. Um, oh, that's good. It sounds like got a good place. Disney Plus. So. Oh, Disney Plus is awesome. Anybody? 
administrator call me right away. The doctors, um, you know, they're 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 doing a good job because you know what? When I go there, I can see their hands are full, and it's as sad as it is to walk down that hallway and see all these people in different stages. It's very hard, but knowing that they're they're in good hands because um you, you figure um you you take care of one or a couple people in your family they've got like 75 right yeah that's hard well do you have any suggestions for other caregivers who are dealing with a similar situation well um I know as a caregiver, we are, um, we're not kind to ourselves. And that's what I learned in the whole process of taking care of, of both, is that um, as hard as it is sometimes, and I know it's diff- really, really, really hard, because in our situation, everybody said, come back home and we'll help. Well, it didn't turn out that way. It didn't turn out that way at all. So it was pretty much Angela and I had each other to rely on, and maybe a couple other people. But um, you need to take time for yourself. You need to take a deep breath because if not, you're the one that's going to be asking to go to the mental hospital. That's how I felt sometimes. Um, if you're having, um, you know, don't don't give up because that's what people want you to do, just like they told me, Brian's fine. There's nothing wrong with him. And I kept telling them, you send them home and I'm going to keep sending them back until you guys help. You know, make 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 your family members, medical team work for them. You know, don't just go into your monthly or every six months to your HD clinic and go, oh, yeah, here's your new list of prescriptions. Make them work for you because that's what they're there for, um, you know, some sometimes you know um the clinics don't know a whole lot i got really involved with the neuroscience center at the university of new mexico hospital where brian used to go um i got so involved to the point where there when there was um people newly diagnosed or whatever and they were learning how do i apply for social security how do i do my ba how do i get medicaid how do i get these resources i have already been through all of that so sometimes the doctor would come in and say, so-and-so down in this room would like to talk to you about these things. And it made me feel good to be able to tell them, you know, this is what you have to do. And it made me feel even better when somebody would call and say, hey, I got all the stuff my daughter needed or my son needed or my husband needed through the VA. Because even the doctor that we had here at UNM, he's also a doctor, a neurologist at the VA in Albuquerque, who so happened to be my father-in-law's doctor, my husband's doctor, and then he was Brian's doctor. So he saw three generations of Huntington's, and I still talk to them. And so that's that's a really good thing. And, you know, don't stop educating. Usually I don't care who I'm on the phone with, Verizon, the um Dish network. I always tell people about <laughs> and um, and and if you're gonna listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about it. And e- even talking to the to the vision 
uh, lady up the vision clinic at Walmart. It so happens that Huntington's runs in her husband's family. So it's just, you know, you need to talk about it. You, you know, the days yeah. of hiding it, sweeping it under the rug, not talking about it. It needs to be talked about. People need to um, absolutely people need to know. They need to know. They need to be made aware of it. I mean, and and I never knew until I started doing all this that New Mexico is such a small state, and 6,500 people are affected by Huntington's, either at risk or who have been diagnosed. That's a lot for our tiny little state. <laughs> yeah. And 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 right now the only HD clinic for this entire state is at the University of New Mexico Hospital. So we have people traveling from all parts of New Mexico to go to that clinic. So I'm, you know, I've I've done a lot of um, talking to people, um, Dr. Kumar from the um, Colorado Neurological Institute, where he's come down to UNM to talk about getting it to be a um, center of excellence because um, UNM is actually a medical university. So, and, um, you know, we're, we're, it, it doesn't seem like a lot, but um, what we do here in New Mexico um, is a lot. You know, um, Angela goes out every August. She um, does a, a talk over at the University of New Mexico to about, you know, a few hundred new and upcoming med students on genetics and Huntington's disease. When she started out there a few years ago, she was maybe doing an hour now she's up to past two hours. Oh and wow! That's where she happened. She happened to graduate college at um, at UNM in communications and psychology. She got two degrees, and then now she's working, and will be done next year with her um, master's degree in social work. Yeah, that's so awesome. I'm I'm proud of what I'm proud of what she does, and um, you know, um, and another thing is is you know. If you're in this in this thing, if you're part of HDSA and you have your support groups and you're doing this, take some time out for yourself too because Angela and I found out very quickly that you'll get burnt out. Yes. She was part of NYA and a lot of different things and you will get burnt out. And, you know, at the end of the day, you still got your people that you need to take care of. And, um, yep. and I just... I wish all support groups success. You know, it's it's really um it's hard. We we had a really good um actually Angela actually got New Mexico to become an affiliate to HDSA and um we did really well for a while and um then it kind of slowed down as people people pass away and people get burnt out and they don't want to be part of it anymore and it got to the point where it was like me and her and Brian at the support group meetings, and um, yeah. hopefully, um, I know there's another person out here in Albuquerque that's um, possibly willing to get the support group going again. And um, you know, whatever help she needs, you know, she can always certainly count on Angela and I to be there and and help and do whatever we can. Um, but I think educ education needs to always happen and not ever stop talking about it. I know I think sometimes people are going to cut me off on Facebook because that's all I talk about. But, you know, ah, at the end of the day, you when, know. when that's when, when that's your life, 
yep. talk about what's going on in your life, and that's that's my life, and you know, and um, I do miss my son a lot. I think about yeah. him every day. If I see my phone, Brian has his own phone, but if I see Leisure Chateau call, and I know it's from the nurses station or something, it really gives me a lot of anxiety. <laughs> yeah. But, Is there anything you know, that we in the HD community could do to help you and Brian? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I would. I know I would love to have him back in New Mexico, but um, like I said, it's not um, it's not that easy trying to get him into a facility. Um, right. I'm planning in a, you know, in a few months, probably going back out to see him. Um, it's, it's been the hardest thing for me after this past um, October when he got he he had to have three tests he was put in for the pneumonia, mm-hmm. and he actually got out November second, which was on his birthday, and um, upon going back to the nursing home, the doctor did call and talk to me about certain things and um, this is another thing make sure that you know you have everything in place for your family family before they do get really really sick because um, Brian can still think for himself and even though when he was diagnosed we went ahead and did the power of attorneys and those sort of sorts of things um, is that um, when the doctor called me in November, she said that she had a talk with Brian, and um, Brian chose that if he got sick again, not to return to the hospital. So they wouldn't be doing. Um, he's a DNR, basically, and and you know I let, you know that's up to my son if he can still think and for himself, but nonetheless, it's 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 really hard for a parent to hear that. especially when you know and she also says well because Brian made this decision for himself um, you and Angela will probably need to go make pre-funeral arrangements that was hard yeah it was really hard but you know it's things that we need to think about Um, if your family member is still able to think think for themselves, you know, let them let them make some of those decisions so at the end of the day you're not just feel all this guilt because you have to make these hard decisions. So if they can still do it, I would recommend, you know, that um people that are um are still good, you know, sound mind, body, everything, let them make those decisions and make sure you get a power of attorney. And if you haven't been tested or your family has child has not been tested please go and get them life insurance yes because after the diagnosis you cannot do that and people don't understand yep. that and um um brian brian was able to get a, a really small policy because his, his dad was in the knights of columbus and brian was in it so it's very small um obviously it would not cover um, bringing Brian back from New Jersey to New Mexico. So there's still a lot of out-of-pocket expense. So that's why I'm saying if you haven't been tested, 
And if you're thinking about it, please go get um, life insurance and, you know, have somebody that's trustworthy that can be your durable power of attorney, not just a power of attorney, but a durable power of attorney and get all that mm-hmm. stuff taken care of because it's made life a lot easier for Brian and us having all that in place, especially with him being all the way in New Jersey. Yeah. Well, Hattie, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story and sharing um, the stories, uh, Brian's story. And um, if there's anything that we can do, you know, in the Huntington's community mm-hmm. to help you and make it easier for you and Brian, then certainly let us know whether it's ordering Grubhub for him or, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, um, hey, even what I would like is if, you know, if people live around the area where Brian's at, you know, and up in um, Lakewood, um, you know, stop by and visit him, you know. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Think I would I would appreciate that, you know. Um, I don't know I don't know who runs the support group there at the at the nursing home um when they go in. I know it's an HGSA support group. Um, you know, I would I would really appreciate if um people would, you know, stop by and say, Hey, you know, talk to your mom, your sister and came by to see how you're doing, Brian. Um just to have it some a different face to look at and talk to. You know, yeah. maybe maybe somebody could stop by that has a, a cell phone where Brian could um I could do a video chat with him cuz I don't get to see him every day. He doesn't have a cell phone. But if somebody has a phone and they could stop by and just say, "Hey, let's let's video with your mom." So I could see his face every now and then. Yeah, I would like that. We'll definitely, would really absolutely, like we'll definitely share that with the community. And like I said, if if we can make it happen, I certainly will try to help as well. And again, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story and um, sharing Brian with us. Um, it's greatly appreciated. Oh, I I appreciate you having me and and um, don't give up hope. That's all we got. We're gonna. That's right. We're gonna end the show. Uh, We're gonna end the show, but uh, I definitely I want to say one thing to the Huntington community as well. I want to hear from the community. I want to hear your stories, and I'd really like to get it onto the podcast um, and kind of branch out from. Not you know obviously we share a lot about research and we're and we're going to continue to do that. I want to share information as it comes about, but I also want to hear your stories and I want to share it with the Huntington's community because the way that we connect and the way that we keep going is we we have these stories and we know that other people are going through things and so I really want to share those things. So you guys make sure to reach out to me. Um, let me know your story. We'll see about getting you on to the podcast and sharing. And um, you guys have a great day. Patty, you take care. And uh, and if you're okay with me sharing your information so we can see about getting, um, you know, stuff to Brian as far as cards or getting people to visit, mm-hmm. then um, I, I'm going to share that on the show page if that's okay. That would be great. And I just want every buddy and my Huntington's family out there to know that I love you and I care about you and um, we're all in the same boat so let's just keep rowing yeah absolutely well you take care and everybody take care and we'll be back soon
Thank you. Bye.